0: Welcome to The Sweetest Little Life, where we are connecting the mind, body, and soul for women in business. This podcast is all about releasing the light in you and becoming the divine inner goddess that you were destined to be. I'm Courtney Hanson, and I'm your host, author, influencer, and coach, and I am so excited to hang with you for the next 30 minutes. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. I have the most exciting announcement. TheSweetestLittleLife.com is now offering manifestation, Ayurveda, crystals, rituals, all the things. So if you are looking to enhance your spiritual practice or looking just for some goodies for a gift for someone, head on over and check it out. www.TheSweetestLittleLife.com. In today's episode, we have Brianna Borton, and who is a spiritual guide and healer. She helps people just awaken into their highest self. She also owns several spas in Portland and Colorado and is the founder of The Dragon Tree, which is her spa. They're in airports. She's as well an author, writing books with her husband, who's a doctor and a speaker, And this woman is just so much light in our world right now. Uh, She is teaching absolutely amazing things. And I could not be more excited because today on the show, I think more now than ever is a time that we have to be still and build a sacred life. And what does that mean? What is a sacred life? Like, what does that look like to you? And so today, she is going to walk us through the top three tips of how to build that and make it sustainable to you and personal in your journey and to truly live each day just knowing how precious life is. So before I spoil it, let's welcome Brianna. Brianna, I am so excited to have you on The Sweetest Little Life today. How are you?
1: I'm so great. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. I ran across your Instagram and just fell in love with your purpose and what you're doing in the world. And you are just being such a light and it's amazing. So I would love for you to tell the audience a little bit about your story and your journey and just what brought you to the place that you're at right now.
1: Yeah. So, well, I, my story really started so young. Um, when I was 18, I was on my way to art school, so excited about it. And I was in a pretty major car accident where I broke my neck.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in that time, really so much changed for me. Like, number one, being 18 and realizing that you can really die anytime was pretty enlightening for me, honestly, to be able to see how precious life is. And I started at that point to really evaluate what did I want to do with my life and how did I want to live each day if it could possibly be my last, because we just have no idea. And that really had such a huge impact on me in that way. And I also... Was in a lot of pain from having my neck broken and couldn't take any pain medications or anything else. And so my stepmother signed me up to get a massage from this nurse woman who's also a massage therapist, who also happened to be an energy healer. And I really couldn't be touched. She went to go massage and it just was impossible. So she mostly just did energy work. And I had three sessions with her and it really changed my whole life. Um, it changed my whole life, not just because I got out of pain, which was so amazing, but it really put me on a path of healing. I was like, Oh, this, this is what I want to do with my life. And so from that place, I, you know, I traveled a lot and I learned a lot of different healing modalities. I went to massage school, I went to school for Ayurvedic medicine, and I really, um, just dedicated myself to creating healing sanctuaries and healing experiences for people. So when I was 23, I opened my first spa called the dragon tree in Portland, Oregon. Um, We now have three spas. Two of them are in Portland, one's in the Portland airport. Um, And then we also have a spot in Boulder, Colorado, where we also live now. And so it just really brought me onto this path of um, doing healing work creating these sanctuaries. And then from there, my husband, Dr. Peter Borton, and I have just been looking like, oh, what is next? Like, what else do people need in order to have whole life wellness? And so we've created books um, around the topic. We've created planners so that people can really um, learn how to create what they want in their lives, because that's actually really actually part of whole life wellness. Um, We've written books about Uh, creating your sacred life. And then I really came back. All of these things really took me into kind of the business side of things. I was no longer doing massage. I was mostly just running the businesses and um, supporting other people to do their work. And about four years ago, I just got the call to really come back into contact with people myself. Like, I was like, oh, I miss, I miss (laughs) like being with the people. Cause you know, when you're, I don't know, but I don't know if this happens for everyone, but for me, I was, we ended up having managers and then somebody who managed that person. So when things got to me, it was almost always bad news. <laughs> it's like this yeah. person's super pissed. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and I know that, you know, the other like 500 people that we're seeing this week. We're not pissed. They were all delighted, but I didn't get that part. You know, people weren't just like, Oh, guess what? This client was also delighted. And so was this one. So <laughs> um, by the time it got to me, I was like, man, I just feel really disconnected from the actual joy of it. And so really wanted to get myself back into being with people in a capacity that I developed, which is really mostly doing like spiritual guidance and energy work with people. And so now I do all of those things. I run my businesses and my husband and I write books together and create programs. And then I have groups of people that I work with in these more spiritual and energetic shifts um, in the world. So That's a that's like kind of the brief. I thought it was really long, but it's actually my brief version.
0: The time lapse version. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that is amazing. I love that you and your husband work together. That is so cool.
1: Yeah, it's been really. I mean, it's ninety eight percent great, which I think is actually pretty good statistic.
0: That I feel like that's pretty positive. (laughs) Yeah, I. I can so relate to that business side of things because same thing. I, when I first started doing energy healing and stuff, I was like, Oh, there's only one modality. There's only one way to do it. And then you start actually like really researching and it's just the knowledge is just never ending. You're constantly learning, constantly taking on new methods and techniques. And it's just, it's, it's always blows me away because it's like, Um, I feel like I'm just going to be a lifetime student but same thing I got to that point that it was like all business and I wasn't having that interaction and that's like I feel like when you have that calling to be a healer you have to step into that besides the business aspect of it too to just feel
1: alive yeah it's so it's so enlivening right it really makes you remember why why are we doing this
0: Yes, just to have that connection as a collective. Mm -hmm. Absolutely amazing. So I know today we are going to talk all about um, creating a sacred life, which I think in the times that we are in right now could not be more beautiful and more perfect. And I think the audience is going to get so much out of this. I think so often, like you were saying, it really resonated with me. I actually got chills when you were saying when you were 18, you came to that point realizing that, you know, life is so precious and it can be taken any time because the, I, I, it was a few months ago and I was sitting on the couch and we and my husband were talking and I was like, oh, my gosh, you know what? Like, I want to start living like I'm dying. And he kind of looks at me like I'm crazy and he goes, that's so left field. Like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I don't want to, like, have my downtime be sitting on a couch. Like, I that's not what I want to do. And I was like, I really want to live every day. Like, it's my last day. He's like okay and I think he was like waiting for me to tell him I had cancer or something and I was like no just like in general like it's just so precious and I'm just coming to a point in my life where I realized that and so you finding that out at 18 is just amazing like I can only imagine how moving that was for you
1: yeah it was such an interesting thing actually because you know I was planning on going to art school When I got into my car accident and I had saved up my money from high school. I worked all through high school. So I'd have money for college. I mean, not enough money for college, but enough to like help. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, after I broke my neck, I just said, you know, I wouldn't if at the end of my life, I didn't go to college. I don't think I would be super sad, but if I didn't go to Europe, I would be super sad. Like it was something that I had wanted to do since I was a little kid. My parents had spent a lot of time in Europe. Um, they talked about it all the time. My one of my sisters was born there, and I felt like I really wanted to have that experience. So, as soon as my neck brace was off, I, that's what I decided I would do. I packed up my bags. I used my money that I was planning to use for college, <laughs> and I went and traveled throughout Europe. And I don't regret it, you know, more money always comes. And it was so such an amazing experience and absolutely changed my life and my perspective. And I met so many amazing people. And I think that we can tend to, you know, plan always for like this weird, strange future existence that like never actually (laughs) comes or like Mm -hmm. someday I will relax on a beach with the Mai Tai, and you're like, okay, well, you that is something that definitely could happen whenever you plan for it. But also, if we can really start to enjoy our day to day existence, and Mm. slow down enough and be present enough with it, it can be even more beautiful than a Mai Tai on a beach while you're doing the dishes or shaving your legs or whatever it is you're doing in that moment.
0: Yes, just being here now. I actually just started reading this book, "Be Here, Be Now," and it is his his journey just in general with um, his traveling and experiencing different cultures. And it's like we can have stuff all day long, and I feel like we live in such a culture in the U.S. that it is so material based, which I feel is shifting lately. But it's so, you know, stuff makes you happy. If you only had the car, if you only had the girl, if you only had the house. And it's like, it really comes from within. It has nothing to do with stuff. And I feel like when we experience different cultures, we really get to see that.
1: Yeah, it's easy to think that everyone who is, you know, especially coming from like such a privileged place of being like people that are poor, you know, especially in other countries are therefore then sad or missing something. And not to say that we shouldn't help people make sure that they're fed. But when you go and actually are with people, you notice that people are happy and unhappy everywhere and in all situations. And if people are happy and unhappy, I remember visiting Peter's uncle. Peter has an uncle who has done very well for himself. And we were visiting him at his yacht club and just looking around at all these people with their big yachts and all the money you could ever need. And they're not actually happier. They're not like dancing around on the tables and feeling joyful and (laughs) making jokes and hugging each other. You know, that's, that's not what's happening. Not to say that none of them are happy, but I would say the ratio kind of stays about the same. I mean, it probably varies somewhere in the middle, you know, once your kind of basic needs are met, I would think that there is a jump in ease in your life when you're not wondering if you're going to be able to eat or have shelter. Um, But I think that we tend to think that the more we have after that, the happier we'll be. And it's just not true. Is, I mean, we can we can just look at statistics. <laughs> like I'm such a numbers person. I'm like, just look at the statistics. You won't be any happier. <laughs> you have to choose to be happy right now, and then use the extra resources we have to get the people that are not in that circumstance, right? Who are with those base level needs struggling. If we used our excess resources to help those people, then we would help more. We would help more happiness be in a way, like, because those are actually, that's where there's a bigger gap. And I think that the more that we all focused on happy, like general happiness, general survival and thriving for people, we would all actually feel more that way. But we think it's such an individual thing, rather than noticing that there is a collective um, importance to make sure that all beings are taken care of.
0: Oh, Absolutely. So for the audience, I think we should do, maybe let's do like a top, I love doing top threes, that just they can take away to start implementing in their lives and creating their sacred life if they have no idea where to start, where to turn to. I know a lot of people right now are just feeling very plateaued in their life in general. And so how to really add that spice back?
1: Yeah, I often think of... Well, I, I, I'm recently, actually, I say often, but often recently, actually, I've been thinking a lot about activations, like what actually helps us shift from one state to another state. So if we're thinking about moving from like a plateau to thriving, what is it in there that is the activation that has to happen for us to shift that from one state to another state. And you know, for each individual person, that's gonna be different. But I think first is having the vision, right? What is the vision of yourself thriving? And it can be hard for people to really get creative in this. I see it all the time. I lead so many people with their dream book and planner, which is our planner that we have, through the process of envisioning their lives in three years, at its optimal. And so many people are like, can't really even do it. Their minds are like, uh, I don't know. I think it's probably going to suck. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's actually not <laughs> what the, that wasn't, that wasn't the assignment. Um, so to really start to get yourself excited about life again. And I often, you know, when we, When we hear things that make us feel, often I think we go to jealousy or envy or sometimes even like disdain for the things that we actually Mm. want. And so, for instance, um, yesterday I found out that a dear friend of mine just moved from Maine to Miami, just like all of a sudden. And I was like, what? You just up and moved? I'm... I felt jealous. Not that I actually want to move away from my home. I love where I live. But I was like, why do I feel that tinge that like move towards that leaning in like ah. Oh. And so instead of being like screw you. I was I had the the reflection, the self-reflection of looking in to see, oh what is it in myself that I actually want that was in what she did. And what I recognized was that there was adventure and I thought, Oh, right. Okay. So in the next three years, I want more adventure. So what do I do to create more adventure and really start to envision that? So if I feel like my life is maybe not as adventurous now as I would like it to be, thank you. Coronavirus. Um, then what do I do, right? How can I bring that in right now? Because when we start then seeing what it is and then implementing it in these moments, the day to day, that's the activation. The activation isn't often like I'm going to go to like a retreat in Costa Rica and it's going to change my life. It it usually doesn't change your life forever. It changes your life for a moment. But if you don't do other things like bringing in that energy all the time, it's not going to shift it sustainably. So I think that that would be the thing I would look at first is to say, what's between first having the vision, like starting to really look at it and feel like you can like connect to that feeling and then see what's between you and that. And how can you inspire every moment with the energy of what it is that you're wanting to feel in that, like random random future time that you've put into your mind and start doing it now. So for me, I'm like, I want more adventure. So I started to talk to my husband about what adventure could look like in the scenario that we're in currently. We have restrictions. There are things that we can't do or would choose not to do because it's not for the common good. And therefore, what is it that I can do that feels aligned with both you know, protecting the people that we love and also getting myself some adventure. Um, And that has been, you know, that's the way that we can start to activate things really quickly. And right now Um, the second thing I would say is to have a really clear practice. Um, I am such a huge uh, advocate for meditation I really don't think that there's any uh, substitute, <laughs> you know, it's not, absolutely. I don't not. think that you can kind of do it or instead do something else or like any of the things. So, having a practice every day and Peter and I wrote a book called rituals for transformation, 108 days to your sacred life, which has a lesson in it every day that you can then meditate on and kind of allow it to arrive fully into your body so that you can start to embody these principles. And then it has a place to write your intention for your day and then journal in the morning and at night. And, this is a really great place to start a practice is to have some sort of guidance right and for a long enough time that it starts to become a habit I've done I you know we wrote the book and then I've done it at least three times now to just go through it and have, Something that you know you're going to do every single day to deepen into the sacredness that is this body, this life, this spirit, these relationships, and not miss it, right? So I have a practice every morning that I never, ever miss. And I think that what changed for me from having a practice that was like, sometimes, maybe, and at different times, and I would meditate for like 20 minutes. And, you know, honestly, when my um, youngest child was born, I'd often say, I'm going to meditate lying down. And my husband would be like, so you're going to sleep. <laughs> like, you're taking so like, a nap. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it, it, I moved from this kind of sporadic, when I could fit it in, kind of sort of practice, to being really dedicated and having it be non-negotiable. It is the most non-negotiable part of my life. I could not eat any of my meals as long as I had my practice and felt like, oh yeah, I did the thing that I that helps me feel grounded and centered and reconnects me to source. So that all day long, I can be coming from that place. The other day, um, my youngest daughter, who is six, said, Mama, do you have to meditate? And then my oldest kid said, yeah, she really does. You really want her to. We need her to meditate. <laughs> I was like, good. We're all on
0: the same page Oh, my God. That sounds like my kids. <laughs> I'll be doing yoga or something. My oldest will be like, leave her alone. She's a better person when she does it. <laughs>
1: But the thing is that it really makes a difference. And I think that, you know, when we're in ourselves, we might not notice it quite as much, but the people around us, when they're pointing it out, then we know, oh no, for sure. This has to happen. So that would be my second thing for people is to have a really regular practice and to make sure that it includes meditation. Um, I think that there are, there's a lot of Uh, you know, ceremonial things that we can do. And I think that they're all beautiful. And I still think that nothing replaces meditation. Like you. I'm like, yes. And, and move your body and go on a walk. And you just also have to meditate, have to, I mean, you don't have to do anything, but it really helps a lot.
0: It will change your life. It will change your
1: life for sure.
0: And not not
1: meditating. (laughs) Not not meditating. That won't do it. Um, And then the third thing I think is just to, you know, preemptively think about how I think that we do this thing where we have these sacred moments, right? Maybe it's our practice, maybe it's our journaling, maybe it's our meditation, whatever it is. And then we stop. And then it's almost like we lift ourselves out of that experience and put ourselves in our lives. And the important part is to connect those things, that bridge from practice to living life from that place is really where the rubber meets the road. This is where things actually shift and change. And so I think that, you know, we can't, I mean, we, we can't just sit on our mats all day meditating and then get off of them and be like yelling at people in the Whole Foods parking lot. Be like, what? That's not, though. something has gone awry if that's what's going on. And so how do we actually bridge those two things? One of the things that we can do is before we finish our practice, actually kind of, future scape through your day, I'm going to do this thing. And then I'm going to do this thing. And then I'm going to do this thing. How am I going to come from a place of love in all of those things? And some of them might be easy, right? You're like, Oh, right. When I'm, you know, when I'm talking to Courtney, that will be easy, but then there'll be a time where I need to get my kids in bed. And one of them will not be wanting to go to bed and I will need to get them to brush their teeth. And I, this is something that happens every day. So like, this isn't surprising this happens every day. Right. And so if I don't, if I don't bring that same experience of coming from a place of love into there, then I'm missing an opportunity. I'm missing an opportunity for a really sacred and connected life. And so I think about it while I'm still in my practice, like, oh, how am I going? How can I I react in that place? Or how can I um, arrive in that place from a place of love? And what will that look like? How will I behave? What will I say? I mean, these, most of the things that come up in our life are not surprises, right? We're like, oh, my kid still doesn't want to eat their vegetables. That's weird. Like, no, these are things that happen every day. You know, or um, my partner was short with me when he came home from work. Oh, that is actually also something that comes up almost every day. So. Just kind of planning out, how will I stay here? How will I stay connected in those times? And then as you go through your day to keep checking back in, all right, am I staying? Am I staying with myself or am I abandoning myself? Mm. And if we can really stay with ourselves, stay with that feeling of love throughout our whole day, then we've created a sacred life. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I I have chills. I am so many synchronicities. I just posted on Instagram this morning and I had put through emotions that we feel throughout the day. So like bitterness, resentment, anger, anxiety, just all the things. And like what that looks like, because so often I feel too, when we're, you know, starting to create that life, we expect perfection and it truly is progress, not perfection. Like no one is perfect. We all have our flaws. And that's okay, but we can't like come at it from a judgment space. And so just striving to do better and know like, okay, I handled that so poorly. I need to apologize or however you can come from a place of love to make it right and moving forward, like continuing to move forward and not just holding on to that. And so I put on, on my post, I was talking about just paying attention to our body responses to things before we actually react because, Our body responds first. And so being able to notice, like, oh, my kid just talked back to me and I have a pit in my stomach and I'm going to yell or, you know, whatever that is. Or the lady at Whole Foods just slammed the door on my face or, you know, throughout the day, but being able to just be aware. And I feel like the three things that you just talked about are so ways that we can truly tap and connect the mind, body, and soul to be in that state of consciousness that we're like, Okay, I'm here. This is happening. This is how I'm going to react to it. We can almost plan it out in our head, just like you were yeah. saying. Yeah. And then, then,
1: then, then become, we, we start to, it, things start to shift. And I don't know that they ever get perfect, but we stop having to do so much mind control and we start to really live from our hearts. And that's the thing is that we're just mm-hmm. keep being like, oh, okay, let me come back to my heart. Oh, let me come back to my heart. And when we do that really regularly, it's just, you know, any practice that we are learning yeah. to do something yeah. soon, it becomes much more natural where we're not having to think about it and, and be um, kind of in charge of it all the time. It just starts to happen really naturally, but it, it takes a while to get there. Just, you know, I'm just learning the guitar. And-
0: oh, so Me great. too. <laughs> um, Uh, You do. And my husband's
1: very good at the guitar. And so is my brother and my dad, like every, I'm from a family of musicians. It, It didn't actually arrive in me until this year. Um, but hey, it's here now. So, but you know, they play the guitar without thinking about it, right? It, they're not thinking C, D, G, D, G. They're not doing the thing I'm doing. Yeah. They're just playing because they, but they went through the part that I'm going through now. And that part that I'm going through now is important and everyone has to go through it. No one just picks up a guitar and just plays, right? Right everyone has gone through this part where they're thinking a lot about exactly what they're playing in order to start to make anything that sounds even slightly okay. And so to expect the same thing from ourselves as we are come learning to come from a different place, learning to be a conduit of love on this planet, we have to pay attention for a while. It really and it might take a long while, but it gets easier and easier and easier. And eventually, that's just what we're doing, right? We're not needing to think about it so much. But I think that process is I think that we can shame that process a little bit because we do make a lot of mistakes, right? And we are like, oh, I didn't. And then we go just into that spiral of like shame and blame for ourselves because we yelled at our kids or honked at the person who, you know, pulled out in front of us and flipped them off or whatever we do, right? So rather than that, just say, oh, I'm learning, right? I'm learning. And we make a lot of mistakes when we're learning and that's really okay. Mm
0: -hmm. I love that. So uh, I always pull a question from someone in the audience um, just based around what we talked about. And I, this one just, I was, I have my list here and I always pick just one out of the list. And this just keeps like staring at me, screaming at me. What does it mean to step into authenticity? And the guitar analogy that you just used, I don't think could have been put more beautifully for that. I feel it's when exactly like what you just said, it's when you no longer are constantly having to correct yourself and the life that you at one point were designing becomes designed and you've just stepped into it. And that's who you are. I love
1: that question. Like what is, yeah, isn't that a good one? Cause the word's thrown around. All oh, the time. for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that when, we are authentic it means that we're there without pretense right we are we are showing up without needing anyone to give us anything right whether that's approval or love or acceptance or money or whatever it is and that we're not pretending meaning we're not pre to the future right we're not tending to something that isn't happening right now we're just actually here And we're not clogged up with the future or the past or a need that we're trying to get from somebody else. So we're not manipulating, which I use that word a lot. And I feel like people don't like to think about themselves as being manipulative, because we have that in like the, the, I would not be a quote unquote good person if I was manipulative, but we're manipulative humans. Mm-hmm. P- humans are manipulative. We're always shifting and changing how we appear in order to get the other person or other people to give us what we want, whether that's a job or mm-hmm. love or praise or approval or whatever it is. And when we can stop manipulating and allow people to have their own experience of us, we both become free and i really feel like when we're in our own freedom and allowing other people their own freedom that's when we really enter into authenticity oh
0: yes yes that was i i know i was
1: looking at it while you were talking
0: i was like oh my goodness this question is just i couldn't be more perfect for today <laughs> <So good. laughs> So I know that we are running out of time, but a ton of people are going to want to reach out and connect with you personally. So where is the best space we can find you? I'm also going to include where we can get your books and all the goodies on the show notes for everyone as well. Um,
1: Yeah. I mean, you can find out kind of all about what I do on briannaborton.com. And then if you want to connect, I feel like Instagram is the best place to connect so that you know, we can really Get into each other's lives; otherwise, I feel like it's just a one-way relationship. So, um, connecting on Instagram is also awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's what is Brianna your Instagram? Borden. Perfect. And like I said, I'll put everything on the show notes for spelling thank and you. everything. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I could not enjoy talking to you more. You are. Oh, thank you so amazing. much. It was
1: so wonderful to have this conversation together.
0: Yes. Great. And we will be in touch soon. Bye. Okay. Bye, Brianna. What an amazing episode. Brianna is absolutely moving. Her story is just so touching. And I am so excited that she was on our show today. I hope you guys absolutely loved it. The biggest way that you can say thank you is to subscribe, leave a comment, let me know what you think. And if you want your questions answered, you can shoot me a DM at the sweetest little life. Or simply just leave a comment in the podcast section, and I will be sure to answer it on the following podcast. I wanted to really go over the emotions today because a lot of times we feel something and we don't exactly know what that means. We don't know how to pinpoint it, and we don't know how to go within. And so let's start off at the beginning, bitterness. It shows us where we need to heal if we're feeling that sense of bitter and jealousy and just that yuckiness inside about a situation. It's really pointing out where we need to work, that there might be some damage still that maybe we're not aware of. Resentment is showing where you're living in the past. If you have a resentment, it's from something that has already happened. You have no control over it anymore. It happened, it's done. And we not only forgive people for themselves, but we forgive for ourselves. We forgive because resentment is like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. It might not even be phasing them, but it is killing us. So it's important that we do not hold on to that anger shows what we're passionate about and where our boundaries lie. If someone crosses that boundary or if someone is doing something that we don't agree with, it's just pointing out where our passion lies. So it doesn't mean we have to react. It just means we're aware of something, that we notice it. And with all of these that we are going over today, it's just paying attention. Like I kind of touched on in the podcast, to your body responses to the emotions. And it's amazing when you're able to meditate on it or just free flow right for a little bit, whatever your jam is, but being able to just get it out and identify it. Anxiety shows you that you're living in shame of the past or fear of the future. So it's really the power of now, just being here, being now, being present, being mindful of what is happening in front of you. And if you are struggling with being right here and right now, I highly encourage you to touch something, smell something, feel something, um, be able to just recenter into the present moment. Sadness is showing the depth of your pain and the empathy for others in this world. And it's really just acknowledging it. It's not bad, it's not good, it just is disappointment shows that you tried for something. And disappointment, I feel, can be one of the biggest motivators. And I talk about this all the time. Our perception is really powerful when it comes to failure and disappointment because reality, every failure or disappointment, one, is the universe telling you, no, I have something better in store for you. And maybe it's not what you want right now. But it's going to be absolutely amazing and beyond your wildest dreams in the future. Or, two, it's an opportunity for you to learn and grow. And maybe this is a lesson that you're facing in your life that you are meant to walk through. And so, this is your opportunity to walk through it. So, it's really just shifting how you view things and how you look at things. Guilt is showing that you're living life according to others' expectations. So it's truly not giving a fuck what others think. This is your life. It is your journey. No one else's. And you need to remember that. When we do things according to what everyone else around us tells us or thinks, then we're not truly stepping into our purpose. We're stepping into what someone else wants for us. And that not necessarily is always the best thing for us, right? Right? Shame, showing that you are internalizing other people's beliefs, which you're holding on to as your own. This one really hit home for me for a long time. I lived in such a shameful spot from my past And what people told me, and that I would never amount to anything. And all the things that you constantly get told in your head, you start to believe and they start to become your story. And I wanna remind you today that you are the author of your own book. You get to write the story, change the script at any point in time. And so I just wanna leave you today with the food for thought of just acknowledging where you're at where your body's at, where you're feeling, and knowing that no one is perfect, and just to allow yourself grace. Love and light, goddesses.